On today's Behind the Wall, we shave our 90 stashes and move on to this weekend's slate of races at Richmond Raceway. But first, we're going to go ahead and recap the throwback weekend at Darlington. Looks like NASCAR has been bitten by the short track bug. We're going to talk about the latest news on Jermaine Racing, along with any silly season news we can think of. We're going to reminisce a bit as we talk about our top three memories at Richmond Raceway throughout the years. We've got Retweeter Mute, Over Under, Hot Takes, and Dark Horse Per Usual. All right, let's roll. Hey, this is Steve Everett, and you're listening to my song, Fake It, available everywhere. Now let's get to the show. This is the Behind the Wall podcast brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. I promise they're not drunk. Hey, welcome back to the Behind the Wall podcast. Thank you, Steve Everett. Make sure you go check him out on Spotify. Steve Everett, he's got a lot of bangers coming out here real soon. Make sure you go show him some love. But uh, we had a uh, fantastic weekend at Darlington. Lots of action. Chase Elliott gets wrecked by a uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota once again. Seems uh, seems to be a recurring issue at Darlington. But you know, maybe maybe next time it won't happen. Who knows? But uh, what you guys think about this weekend's racing? Darlington always excites me because I love throwback weekend. I just love the whole weekend. And then you cap it off with a 367-lap race, one of the longest of the year. And the race this time was pretty good. I liked the races early in the season. They had uh, action throughout, and it came down to the last couple laps to decide a winner. And uh, unfortunately, I feel like most fans out there wanted Chase to pull it off, but it was just hard racing. We saw uh, almost the same move pulled off in the Xfinity race on Saturday, but there was good racing throughout. I think it uh, it didn't really get strung out like it typically does at the mile and a half. So uh, pretty good race, and uh, I'm just so excited for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, um, Darlington, um, the Xfinity race was awesome. The end of it was really cool, um, really great race. Um, let's say the cup race, um, it was a good race. Um, I don't think it's as good as the spring was, um, but that's, I feel like they were shorter. So a little more action, a little more excitement. Um, but overall I was very happy with how they turned out. The third record is always very exciting and awesome. Um, really no complaints, um, at all, really. Um, if anything, there were some long green flag runs, um, but that's, just, you know, it's a 500-mile race, um, which normally I would say um, maybe we'll look at shortening it. But for a Crown Jewel event, um, I think it's important to keep the tradition of a 500-mile Southern, you know, Southern 500 on Labor Day weekend. I think the Crown Jewel races should stay their length. It's historic, that's for sure. I want to take a moment, though, and just rat on Joshua's slate real quick. Uh, someone made you look like an absolute fool this weekend. You know who it was? No idea. Ross Chastain, the melon man, made you look like an absolute fool for hating on him. Here's why. He he was he was in position to win that race. He got screwed over by Denny Hamlin. Great race in there at the end. But it, it just so proves that he belongs in that ride. He's doing a great job this season. He might have not gotten the win, but he was a contender all race. I just, I, I still to this day don't understand your distaste for Ross Chastain this season and the equipment he's in. Uh, but I just want to take a moment there and kind of just kick you in the shin real quick. But uh, I thought that Chastain winning at Darlington would have been awesome. I also thought that Austin Dillon winning at Darlington would have been sweet. I, I still believe that if he would have had one or two more laps, he would have caught Kevin Harvick and ended up taking the win. And it just shows that he's he's not. Granted, he did inherit the ride because of his name, but he's not a silver spoon driver. He knows how to race. Granted, he might have lucked into a, a win at Daytona, but he's he's a good racer, and especially in the equipment he's in now. He can he can wheel that car and he can make things interesting. I think he he def, he was a winner in my book this past weekend. Uh, in my my playoff picture or my my bracket, I guess had him. I have him out in the first round and kind of regretting that now really after seeing him race this weekend because I know he's good at Richmond and I know he can uh, wheel the car at Bristol. So I, I may be kicking myself for that one. But 
What a race by Austin Dillon. Yeah, I'm going to say something on both your points. So Chastain, he did race really well. I was unable to catch the race, but I uh, saw Chastain ran really well. And I think I think he deserves his colleague ride. I said I never said he didn't deserve that. But I think if he keeps showing that he can run up front, I think I'll uh, – I would think that he can be ready for cup. So uh, I think some more solid rides. He was definitely in contention to win that race. Would have been cool if he was able to pull it off, but I just want to see a little bit more out of him. But then hopping Austin Dillon, he's uh, he's ran really good at the Southern 500. He's ran really good at the Daytona 500, uh, Coke 600. He's just, I wonder if he's one of the most fit drivers out there because you see him come to life in these really long races, 400 laps at Charlotte. 200 laps at Daytona, and then 367 at Darlington. He just seems to be able to be there at the end of all these longer races where everybody else maybe gets tired or loses a bit of speed over the run. So uh, I think it's really cool to look at that aspect of it, and maybe he's one of the more physically fit drivers out there that uh, goes unnoticed because of the car he's in. Yeah. Um, you know, Austin Dillon um... – you know, I guess I would probably say I, I really kind of questioned his ability because prior to this year, I kind of saw his two wins as outliers and kind of falling into good luck. But, you know, you know, Josh mentioned he's, I'm sure his endurance and his fitness has something to do with it because he does perform well. Plus, you know, the race he won this year was a 500-mile event at Texas. So, you know, he's been really performing well lately. I'm sure a lot of people had him you know getting eliminated in this round but uh, like you mentioned earlier he's had strong performances at richmond a top 10 is uh definitely likely for him um and then you know coming up to bristol too anything could happen at bristol um i don't know how his career has been there historically but you know another good race at richmond would definitely put him in good favor to make the next round um especially if other people have some mistakes um like if Blaney isn't able to recover, or, you know, other people who are currently outside the cut line. Yeah, and talking about Bristol real quick while I'm thinking about it, if you're going to be at Bristol uh, on the 19th, make sure you uh, hit us up both, or uh, I will be there, Adam Thomas will be there, Josh will be there as well. So if you guys are in the area, we'd love to meet you, get to uh, know you for a second, talk racing. So hit us up, we'd love to meet you all. But, uh, yeah, Austin Dillon, what what a what a guy. This is this might be his best season just with how he's been running, even though uh he only has one win, but he's got a win, Kyle Bush Dunton. So he we he's got that going for him. But I think that looking ahead to Richmond, he's gonna have a solid run. He always runs very well at Richmond. If he can minimize mistakes on pit road or getting caught up in a wreck or scrubbing the wall coming out of two, I think he's got a pretty good shot at running top five maybe even having a chance of winning it, depending on what car they bring to the track. But I don't know about y'all, but I am absolutely pumped for Richmond. Like, not being able to get or see the race or, or a race of Richmond in the spring kind of hurt. I, those are my two favorite weekends of the year, seeing races at Richmond, even if I don't get to attend in person. Just just being able to see the cars on my favorite track just does something for me. And I, I really think that trucks are going to put on a good show. Uh, Xfinity's going to put on a great show, and Cup's going to top them all. For sure. Richmond weekend's always just been such an important weekend to me. As like a race fan living in the area, all three of us around here, if our viewers uh, look closely into our logo, our logo has Richmond Raceway as the uh, outline. So it's just a track that means so much to all three of us. And I live 15 minutes from the track, so thursday night i'll be watching the race outside so I, just so i can hear the cars even though i can't be there i still want to get the kind of feeling that i'm there and be able to hear the cars but richmond raceway can it's the racing always is exciting it's got the speed of a small speedway but then it's got the tight corners of a short track which makes richmond so unique i think you can compare it to like an iowa which really produces good racing i think the only thing i'd change about richmond i think i'd give well, we have the day race back, and that produces really good racing because multiple lanes open up. At night, we see the bottom prevail, and then you get the bump and run. You get the good race, and it's playoff racing under the lights. It's nothing like it, and especially at a short track. We got two short tracks in a row, both at night and both in the playoffs, with Bristol being the cutoff race. 
So it's just going to be an awesome week, and we got the trucks, two Xfinity races, and a cup race. Richmond's never seen any weekend like this. Yeah, you know, I I haven't missed a Richmond race since 2013, so this year is definitely going to be weird for me. I'm not used to watching it on TV because usually I'm there to enjoy it. Um, but, you know, I'm still excited for it. I was really disappointed that they actually didn't run in the spring there. Um, and hopefully next year, next season, they'll go back to having two events. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely excited. I was definitely, um, I feel like I, I used to enjoy um, when Richmond was the last race before the chase started. But um, now that they've incorporated into the playoffs, I feel like it's definitely added some excitement. Um, it would definitely be cool if it was an elimination race. Um, but, you know, I think uh, we'll see some good racing. It'll be nice to get back to a short track. Um, I feel like this round of 16 has a really good variety of tracks. we got two short tracks, Bristol and Richmond, as well as Darlington. So it's a really good round. Um, and, you know, it's I'll, I'll have a lot of fun watching it on Saturday night. Uh, this year I was really looking forward to seeing the first, well, not the first, but first truck race in a while um, at Richmond as well as I was looking forward to watching IndyCar as well. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to do that, but I'm still going to enjoy it uh, very much. And like Josh was saying, um, you know, the day race, um, I was kind of, you know, I had mixed feelings about it. I really loved the atmosphere of night racing, but Josh does have a good point. Um, the racing um, in the daytime does open up some multi some other grooves for, um, you know, people to race, um, you know, a little bit higher off the bottom. And I would say if there was one thing I could change about Richmond, it would be to change the banking just ever so slightly where it's a little bit more progressive and give the turns a little bit less of an angle, especially on the backstretch, almost emulating Iowa a little bit more just to see if that could possibly um, create some more passing zones in the corners. I think if you, if, if you got banking like Bristol at Richmond, that would produce unreal uh, racing on the track. I mean, you, you're going to, you'd be able to uh, hold more speed going to the corners, more battling, more banging, uh, you get back to um, uh, the chaos track, as they uh, called it back in the day when they had Paul Heyman helping them out with the marketing. But uh, I, I am extremely excited for it. I'm, I'm bummed that I don't get to be there or that no one gets to be there. It's going to be weird seeing empty stands. But just r racing back in Richmond, that's that's going to be fantastic. I know uh, all the people at Richmond, Dennis Bickmeyer uh, yeah, and, and his crew, they're going to – they're going to enjoy it. And I'm, I know that they're getting little sleep at night just because they're so excited to have NASCAR back in Richmond, especially with the Slater races that they have this weekend. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, some breaking news today that Jeff Kalluck broke around 12 today. Uh, Auto Club Speedway has decided to get rid of the two-mile track that we all know or grown to know, uh, and they're replacing it with a short track with high banks. Looks like I, I saw a – design i don't know if it's the actual design but it looks like they're going to use the uh the front stretch kind of d or part of the d uh have banks and then run i guess the back stretch down uh into the infield i don't know how they're going to do it but it looks like it'd be pretty interesting i i understand their move uh auto club speedway probably i know we talked about it a couple weeks ago i would get rid of it just because it's it's like the ugly stepsister of Michigan just with the banking that it has and the worn-out track surface. doesn't have very good racing in years past. But I think with the uh, the new short track layout, it'll really uh, stand out. It'll be super interesting, and I think it'll uh, be competitive with the brand-new stadium in L.A. and all the new attractions that are coming because they, they've got a they've got to find a way to stand out and get some of those ticket dollars. So I think it's a good move on their end. I'm excited to see how it plays out. But what do you guys think about it? Are you guys excited as I am? I'm in a group chat with uh, Kicking the Tires editor Jerry Jordan, and he was saying that he spoke to a track official earlier today and says uh, the one thing, their main reason why they're doing this is to keep racing in Southern California. I think they're such a big market for racing their sports in general. You, LA is one of the biggest cities in the world, I think, behind New York City. 
So all the people that are there to support there constantly, bring them to NASCAR. Let them go. You see celebrities come to the race every year. While it sucks that Auto Club's going away, I think that track has uh, more character and everything than Michigan. It's going to be cool to have another no. short track, and it's going to have bring a short track to the West Coast where all NASCAR short tracks right now are Martinsville, Richmond, and Bristol, all almost in Virginia. So it's going to be cool to have another short track and add that to the NASCAR Goes West. You'll have a wide variety of tracks. Go to Vegas, Phoenix, and then a short track at Auto Club. I think I'm really excited for it, and it's going to be great. Well, do you classify Phoenix as a short track? I wouldn't call it a short track because I think if it's over a mile then uh, or rounds up to a mile, then uh, it's not a short track. So I wouldn't call that a short track. I wouldn't call New Hampshire a short track, even though uh, I think New Hampshire race is more like a short track than anything. Well, it's because the, the turns are terrible. You, you, you can't hold speed in the turns. So you get down to short track speeds and – I mean, it's New Hampshire's a terrible track. I'll I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I along love that with track. along with IMS, don't get me started. Both of them should be gone, at least for NASCAR. I think Indy would be decent. I don't even know if they race in New Hampshire, but I think uh, that's an Indy car track for sure. Not NASCAR. You need you need banking for NASCAR, unless you're on a road course, then you're good. Look, I'm gonna have to side with Josh. Um, I think. Dang it. I'm gonna. I have mixed feelings about it because I'm gonna miss Auto Club. I think Auto Club was a lot better of a track than Michigan was. Um, You're wrong for that. I, you know it. It has more going for it though. Um, it does have less banking than Michigan, but the surface of it uh, produced some good tire fall off, um, less off throttle time. I just felt like it had better racing. Maybe not with the current package. But it's possible that with the next gen car, it might have produced better racing at Auto Club. We'll just have to, you know, we'll never get to see actually. Um, so that's just going to be a, you know, what if. But you know, like Josh said, it kind of has more character in the history at Auto Club. But you know, I'm not like huge. It's not. It doesn't have a huge amount of sentimental value. It hasn't been on the NASCAR circuit for a super long time. So, you know, I've, it, the new project is very ambitious. I'll say that, and the fact that they're planning on having this turnaround time of only a year is really ambitious. But um, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, just looking at the preliminary drawing that was shared on Twitter. Um, I'm interested to see how the track will actually look because from the blueprint. It looks like it's really narrow, which kind of gives me some concerns. Makes me think that it's not, even with the high banking in the turns, I don't really see it racing like Bristol, but it really just depends. We won't know until there's cars on the track and the plans might change, but for some reason it just looks very narrow and tight. Um, But it could be a good thing. I don't know. Um, But it's definitely going to be nice to have another short track on the schedule. Um, for sure. And I'd like to see um, that trend continue. I'd like to see more added um, or some other tracks reconfigure possibly. Well, yeah, I mean, we're basically getting a brand new track and that's something that we probably wouldn't see or we wouldn't see now and we're not going to see anytime soon, but that's the most 2020 thing ever that we're getting a short track at Auto Club Speedway. But uh, I think that, uh, I think it's a good move. I'm excited for it. Um, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It, I, I had a point, but I kind of forgot about it, but brand new track, basically at auto club. I think it's going to be, I don't know. It could be my favorite race of the year. Depends on how it races. And I hope that they, they spend a lot of time thinking about it and getting the running or the, the racing surface right to where it, it can vibe with the next gen car. And it, it like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be really catered to the next-gen car just because that would be smart. But I'm worried, though, that if this fails, it's bad news for NASCAR. Because they're they're going to pour a lot of money into this, and they're going to push it really hard. And if it ends up being a terrible race, that's not going to be good. Yeah, it wouldn't be good, um, but uh, you go, Jeff. We'll see how it goes, how the renovation goes, and how it races. I think if it goes well and the racing goes well, it'll, it'll very likely could become uh, the next destination for uh, the championship because, as you kind of saw when Phoenix did their big renovation, um, NASCAR gave them the championship. So I think um, 
you know, depending on how the next race goes, that, that's a possibility because, you know, as like, as well as, you know, Phoenix is a big market. That area is, is actually, it's quite a large city, more larger than a lot of people realize. So there's a lot of market there for sports. I mean, you know, Southern California is massive as well. So it's, it's likely that if, um, the renovation project and the racing is good, we could see that becoming the next, uh, spot for the championship. Sorry, Josh. I'll let you. I'll let you go real quick. But I remembered what it was uh, that I was going to say. Uh, uh, what's his face? Steve Phelps the other day. He was talking about how we're going to see new tracks in 2021, or we probably will see new tracks. So do you think this is what he was alluding to with new tracks? I think it was because uh, I was talking to one of my friends, and he said Dale Jr. Uh, knew about it a couple weeks ago, and he told him he just couldn't break the news to people. So. I feel like it was, but then we also look and we got Nashville Super Speedway coming up, and you never know what tracks are going to surprise us and get a Charlotte Roval type thing. I think you look at Pocono, you look at, shoot, New Hampshire has a road course there. We could, uh, that would be fun. It just, I feel like we're going to get surprised here in a couple months and just what tracks are coming on the schedule. But the point that I was going to go to is, uh, Maybe just Alex Bowman is killing racetracks. He won at Chicagoland, and uh, that track is now talking about turning into an industrial park. He won at Auto Club, and now we're turning into a short track. Do you think Alex Bowman is destroying racetracks? He's destroying NASCAR. Yeah, he's just destroying it. It's so bad for him winning. Actually, if you think about it, he's destroying Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, he went to the 88 car, which has been a staple for Hendrick Motorsports ever since Dale Jr. stepped into the car, and now he can't even get sponsors for it. Do you Whoa. think that? Do you think he's the Danica Patrick of Hendrick Motorsports? No, That's a good point. I think we're yeah. overstepping some boundaries here. He's a... No, uh, no, pipe down, Boone, boy. <laughs> he's got some wins, but uh, it does suck that no sponsors are coming in. Luckily, you got that Acronis sponsor couple months ago but in a time where a bunch oh, of yeah, sponsors Kronis. are coming into the sport Huge. i'm hoping that uh some hop on board with hendrick motorsports you know it's really unfortunate because this past week we also learned that geico won't be sponsoring the germain racing anymore and you know geico was another one of those staple sponsors where they sponsored the majority if not the entire season and you know the deal with alex bowman is we'll probably you know, just uh, see him get some small sponsors here and there that cover a couple races, and he'll have probably, you know, seven to eight different sponsors throughout the entire year. Well, he's got the retail space on his fire suit for the extra sponsors, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too big of a deal. But yeah, I, I was stunned with the news of Geico, just because they're they're a premier sponsor of NASCAR. Granted, Jermaine Racing is not the not a uh, not a front runner. They're definitely a top twenty, top twenty five type team. So maybe they're going to move their sponsor dollars to a different team as a associate sponsor or something, or just pull a nationwide and say that they're going to focus on sponsoring uh, the top series and then bow out after a couple of years. I mean, who knows? Uh, it, it sucks. Sucks for uh, not only Jermaine Racing but Ty Dillon, all the all the crew members and employees at Jermaine Racing because this this could be the kiss of death for them. And that's that's no good, especially with uh, with uh, Bob Levine racing saying goodbye after this season. So we we might lose two teams. Who knows? But then there's another charter for Spire. We get another thirty fifth place car. Yeah, I just I hate seeing the teams have multiple cars and all of them just not run well. You think about this. I think that's what we're gonna see with Spire. But then I mainly front row motorsports. This year they've been doing good, but in past years they've fielded three cars and they're all finishing 25th. I've never, I'm sure it brings in more money the way they're doing it. They're going to go for the most money. But uh, I just want the teams that have the opportunity to do great things in the sport actually follow through with their ideas. And Spire Motorsports has a platform right now. It's got the 95 team that it just bought. I think it's got like every opportunity to be a competitive team. And I think. Justin Haley is probably one of the top runners for one of them cars. I think you look at Ross Chastain, too. He's been in the talks for it. So I hope they're able to do something and actually be competitive and start, instead of running like a Rick Ware racing team and finishing 35th or worse every week. 
if you, you think uh, Richard Petty Motorsports could buy the charter if they get the uh, their special uh, investor in, then I we could be could. we could be seeing a, a two car RPM team once again. I could see that. So, I, honestly, I think if this if this trend continues and you see more small teams shutter up and there's some open um, charters available, it's possible we might see NASCAR um, uh, either temporarily or permanently um, allow larger teams to expand their operations. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Joe Gibbs Racing could easily run a fifth car. Um, you know, they, they if they could, they would have Jones and Christopher Bell, and, you know, they wouldn't have kicked Matt Kenseth out and stuff like that. So or they would have maybe kept Matt DiBenedetto or something like that. So, you know, it's it's possible that that could become an option if we see this trend of smaller teams shuttering because of lack of sponsorship and there's open charters out there. And instead of some teams like Rick Ware Racing running three cars that all finish 30, you know, 30th or worse, you might see something like that or just a thought maybe, but. I think the the charter could go to RCR. Well, you know Penske too. They've they've got, you know, Penske only runs three full time teams, and they've got Austin Sendrick, who probably deserves a Cup ride next year. Um, are they going to move him to the twenty one and kick the Benedetto out, or are they going to start a fourth team? Um, well, if they start a fourth team, what's what's the number going to be? O two. Maybe I don't know. Is that possible? Can you run the O two and the two? Is that possible? Yes. Yeah, because there, there's there's an O one card years back with uh, with what's his face? Mike Bliss. Yeah, Mike Mike Bliss and uh, Joe Nemechek. Interesting. It's possible. I I mean, I feel like I feel like Penske's run an O two car before. Yeah, they could do O two. They could do um. I don't know. They could just totally go out of the wheelhouse and do like 99 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Bring back, uh, bring back the 99. That was great. I enjoyed that car. I miss uh, Castle. Oh, wait, no. He was the I do too. But London Castle was a goat. All right. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, we've got some brand new and exciting news. I don't know if, uh, this, this will probably, be released uh tuesday night i think depends on how motivated motivated i am to do some editing tonight but uh brand new news uh with monday night racing we will be sponsoring this upcoming monday's uh race at darlington it's gonna be the behind the wall media 200 uh on uh frontline motorsports uh flat out racing network flat out racing that's what it was yeah so we uh we we are the title sponsor for the race make sure all of you guys go out and uh, go watch. Should be a fun race. Get to see our uh, our name all over the broadcast. Uh, Josh had an incredible race this pat or last night. Uh, almost won. Ended up getting edged out by Ryan Vargas. I guess Josh kind of forgot which uh, which pedal was the gas and couldn't muster up the eight inches to win. But uh, he was close. Emza cars. Uh, we were in FRA radicals. 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 Okay. Those cars. Those cars are weird. I mean, I, I, I was in and out of the race zoning, or I was doing other stuff. But I mean, I look up once. Josh is in the lead. There's a caution. He wrecks himself on the front stretch and spins and has to go to the back. And then he wrecked again, and he was stuck on the fence. Yeah. I mean, it, that was he was all over the place. I had to like get a. But he did. He. Toe. He did drive back up to the front. Um. Yeah. I mean, he 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 rocked it. Uh, sad um, that you didn't get the uh, get the dub though. That would have been pretty sweet. But I, I do appreciate the shout out with your uh, second place finish. Yeah, I thought I had cool. too. Josh, for those wondering, how can they watch Flat Out Racing? So uh, every Monday night, Flat Out Racing Network broadcasts their races on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, I'm sure there's links on the Twitter account, but uh. Follow us on Twitter at Behind the Wall, and uh, the links will be tweeted out. But the races are broadcasted on Flat Out Racing Network's YouTube channel. They do a pretty good job. I don't, I don't know who does the broadcasting, but they they do a very good job at announcing. They have 
solid commercials. Uh, There's a pizza commercial last night that looked pretty good. Had no idea how in the world to get their pizza, but it, it made me want some pizza. But uh, I, I'm I'm super pumped. It's going to be great for the brand. Uh, I'm excited to see our name out there, and hopefully we get some new listeners, new follows, uh, someone for or someone to read Jay's new blog posts that are coming out soon. Uh, we've got a uh, got a lot of fun stuff coming, but uh, this is this is definitely a good a, a step in the right direction. We're getting this uh, sponsorship. Make sure you go check out our hype video that we put out today. Uh, we got a logo, spent a couple hours on that one, pulling my hair out, but it does look pretty sweet, if I do say so myself. But uh, hopefully Josh and Steve can pull some magic and uh, finish 1-2. Uh, Josh, I, I really need you to win here. Yeah. I'm, That'd be uh, pretty cool. Uh, hoping to get a lot of practice in this week. This is a race that I really want to win. I almost won the last truck race. But uh, going to Darlington, it's one of my favorite tracks. So hopefully I go out there and me and Steve can ride 1-2. Do you know, uh, are there any big names racing this week? Uh, honestly, we don't really know until they join the race. Ryan Vargas decided last minute, and then the race that Kyle Busch raced at Homestead, we were just racing in the practice lobby, and all of a sudden, Kyle Busch connected, popped up at the top of our screen, and everybody was like, wow, Kyle Busch is racing with us. This is insane. It was our first race being broadcasted. So we don't really know uh, who's going to race beforehand, but definitely got to tune in because you could get surprised by who ended up showing up. Very true. All right, well, let's jump into uh, our top three of the week this week just because it's a Richmond Raceway weekend and all of us grew up going to Richmond. Uh, We're going to do a little reminiscing and talk about our top three Richmond memories, but not just memories in general. We're going to talk about one, uh, one as a, a race memory, two, just being a fan and something that impacted us at Richmond Raceway and third a staff member that we've gotten to know or just been around or seen on social media that we uh, have good memory with but I'll go and start number one Uh, it was my final uh, night race at Richmond back in 2016 uh, the Federated Auto Parts 400 Uh, there's the thank you fans week or the fan appreciation weekend which was already super fun for the fans but I was sitting up in turn one and two just an incredible race Lots of action. They're running both the high and low line. We had the big one on the back stretch. Uh, Denny Hamlin ended up winning. Had a burnout to end all burnouts. Probably the best one I've seen in person. But that, yeah, that definitely would be. That's my favorite uh, racing memory at Richmond. I'll go second. Uh, racing memory. I think I'm gonna go to experience and my uh, best experience there has got to be last April. Last April, I ended up getting to bring my uh, really good friend Caleb to the race for his first time, and I got free pit passes for beating Henry and Jay in the NASCAR Heat League that Richmond does. So I got pit passes (laughs) and took him there and uh, got to be down in victory lane when Truex celebrated. It was just such a cool experience. It was my first time experience victory lane, driver intros, and all that stuff right down there by the action. It's so cool with NASCAR. You can get that close, but... I feel like that's definitely got to be my best memory. And the racing was really good, too. We had the three-car battle between Logano, uh, Truex, and Clint Boyer right there at the end. They were all together until uh, Truex was able to pull a gap. Yeah, one of my favorite memories at Richmond was actually my first experience there when I moved to Virginia in 2013 in the fall race. That was the first race I had been to at Richmond. And, you know, that was the uh, race of the infamous spin gate. Um, at the time, you know, during the race, just thought it was another caution, didn't think of anything of it. But I remember um, getting home, throwing on the TV, see some post-race coverage, and, you know, that's when they kind of were starting to suspect something had happened. And then, you know, the coverage after the fact, and, you know, NASCAR Twitter wasn't really as big as it is today, but just, um, you know, uh, keeping up with the events and seeing the suspensions come down. It was, it was quite interesting. And, you know, um, that was my first experience at Richmond and it's probably something I won't uh, ever forget really. Um, I can't really tell you even won that race, but um, it was a good race nonetheless. All right. My favorite fan experience at Richmond was same weekend, uh, fall 2016, they had the fan appreciation weekend, but they're giving away a lot of uh, free stuff. 
all the time. They wanted you to pay attention to Twitter, and they announced giveaway locations, and I was in the midway. They announced that uh, they're giving away an iPad Mini, and all I had to do was find Waldo in the uh, campground or the uh, parking lot. Uh, so I didn't even tell him. I was with my mom and dad at the time, and I didn't even tell them what I was doing. just got up from wherever we were at and just took off in a – didn't want to sprint, didn't want to walk. So it was kind of like a jog walk because I didn't want to seem too uh, too eager to get there. I got to the uh, parking lot just walking up and down trying to find Waldo because really just a uh, Waldo's head on a stick. So I was almost done. I was like, uh, someone probably already got it. And uh was at the last row, and I turned my head to the left as I was walking back to the midway, and I saw Waldo. And I was like, holy cow, this is it. Walked out, and I was like, hey, you found Waldo. And they're like, oh, congrats, here's your iPad. And it was the craziest thing ever. So I, I walked back like 15 minutes later. My parents were like, where'd you go? And I just held up a brand-new iPad mini that I just picked up. It was, it was one of the coolest experiences at Richmond, and – I mean, it's hard to beat. So what's the theme for this one? Uh, uh, fan experience. Ooh. I think I already went over that one. So, uh, yeah, that and uh, a couple years ago, I got to uh, go down on track and talk, go to the tweet up. It was my first ever tweet up. That was a cool fan experience. Got to meet Jeff Buck, a uh, bunch of other track officials, and just got to talk racing with him, and I followed him on Twitter for a couple of years. Kind of had an idea of, of who he was, but after then I realized like he's a big-time reporter for NASCAR and really a uh, good follow on Twitter for everybody who doesn't follow him. But uh, that was probably one of my like another cool fan experience that I never got to experience before, and now every time I'm at a racetrack, I try to get as many tweet or to tweet up on Sunday. Um, yeah, another one – Probably my probably my favorite fan experience. Um, I think it was twenty was it twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, Henry, when we went to the Xfinity race in the spring. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. We were at the uh, spring race. Um, we had met, gone with some guys from work and some mutual friends, and we got there early. It was like seven o'clock, right? Um, yeah, around seven. You know, we were tailgating all day, um, saw Xfinity race. It was pretty awesome. Didn't really have anything special, but it was just one of my first times uh, tailgating for a NASCAR race, and it was uh, really enjoyable. Um, like I said, not too much happened, but, you know, it was just a really good time. Yeah, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a fun experience there. Uh, met up with a couple work buddies. Uh, shout out to Austin Winnie, huge NASCAR fan. I know he listens to this podcast every week. Um, did take Jay, uh, Austin's buddy, Nolan and Austin about 10 minutes to set up a canopy. It was the most pathetic thing I'd ever seen in my life, but I will shout out, uh, Jay is an absolute dog when it comes to tailgating, had a uh, three or four Gatorades, maybe a Coke or two and a hot dog and passed out during the Xfinity race. I looked over and Jay race. is just slumped. It was a boring race. How do you well, fall asleep at a NASCAR race? It's so loud. It was boring. I can never. I have I, I have a picture of a uh, sleepy Jay. So I might I might go ahead and just post that on the behind the wall Twitter. So make sure you y'all go check that out if I can find that picture. But uh, yeah, Jay was Jay was slumped. Make it our profile picture all weekend. I might have to. <laughs> so I can find it right now. Yeah. I remember all right. Andrew uh, was there. What? Andrew Clark was there. And he, Andrew I think Clark was, was there for me. <laughs> All right, uh, number three, that's going to be a uh, staff experience or a staff member that was there that uh, or that you just interacted with. Mine would – it's easy, 100% Dennis Bickmeyer. Uh, got to meet him a couple times. Uh, uh, we interacted a bunch on Twitter, and uh, the first time I got to meet him was in the uh, in the infield. I had a cold pass, and even though I was underage, it was not – I think he had to be like 16 to get in. But I was I was not 16, but somehow I got in. Uh, just walking around, got to meet Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ty D- or uh, Austin Dillon, um, uh, Claire B. Lang, and then I ran into uh, Dennis Bickmeyer, and it was the craziest thing ever because he waved at me, and I went over and said, "Hey," and he he knew my name. We had never met before, but some somehow he knew a, a fourteen, fifteen year old uh, solely from interacting on Twitter, knew my name, 
uh, had a great conversation. I, I would see him a couple more times. One of the times was at the Diamond. I was uh, worked for Chick Fil A, um, and I got to uh, he he knew me immediately. Him and his son came up and they talked for a bit. And I mean, Dennis Bickmeyer is the the epitome of uh, fan oriented. I mean, he he is someone who uh, all he wants to do is please the fans, and he will do whatever he can to make sure that the fan experience is the best. So. Shout out Dennis Bickmeyer. You're incredible. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Dennis Bickmeyer as well. He's uh when I went to that tweet up I just explained, I he was there too and I got talking to him and we came up with this idea to have a it was a, called a youth fan council at the start which eventually turned into a youth fan advisory board that I joined and I kind of helped set that up uh emailing back and forth with Dennis Bickmeyer. So we talked for a little while really got the idea down then put it into place and made it happen so it's kind of cool to see that and he's I still have his business card that he gave me with his email on it because that was the 2015 and that was like my first uh business card or interaction with a high up NASCAR official I guess you'd say and so that kind of started my passion for working in the sport and uh without him meeting him that day I don't know if I'd be where I am now uh, pursuing the career in NASCAR. And he also gave me pit passes. He just pulled a big, like, fat stack of pit passes out of his pocket, say, here, take this, go enjoy the pits. I was 15 at the time, and you got to be 16 to get in there. So I had a plan. If they questioned my age, I was going to say my dad just walked in, and I'm following him. So uh, it was a cool experience. Dennis Bickmeyer is such a nice guy, like you were saying, Henry, and uh just does such a good job with Richmond Raceway and keeping it clean and making it a place that fans are uh, safe and content during race weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, probably one of my, I, I didn't really meet him, but um, it was really cool. Um, a few years back when I was, I think I was at a fall race. Um, I was actually uh, walking from parking to the track uh, right behind turn two. Um, and the driver's meeting had just ended. Um, people are rolling out of the driver's meeting on their golf carts. And uh, Mike Helton just walks right in front of me. Um, you know. What a bear. Big Mike Helton. <laughs> um, you know, usually you don't see him around much. He's usually only in press conferences when things go bad. But, um, you know, he was there. I saw him in person. He was riding with Richard Childress. Um, yeah. It was uh, pretty cool. Unfortunately, I haven't really gotten to meet anybody or get any autographs at Richmond. Um, but it was still, uh, I guess, probably the closest experience I had to something like that. We had a uh, Dennis and I thinking about the interactions we had uh, a couple years ago. It was 2017 uh, for the spring race. They had the uh, Richmond checkered flag 5K. I hadn't run forever. I had stopped playing baseball at that point. but. Uh, Dennis had randomly just, uh, he had, uh, mentioned me on Twitter he was like, Hey, you signed up for this? And I'm like, no, nah, not yet. I mean, we'll, we'll see. And he was like, well, you, uh, you get your team together and you race team RIR, uh, cause they're still Richmond international Raceway at the point. So it was like him, Mike Waddell, um, and someone else. I can't forget. I can't remember who it was, but then, uh, we ended up getting, uh, it was me, a uh, CBS, CBS six reporter for the sport sports reporter was on team Henry. Uh, he had gotten, uh, Dennis had gotten Michael Waltrip to respond and say he was on team Henry, even though he never showed up sadly, cause running a 5k with, uh, Michael Waltrip would have been pretty fun. But, uh, we, we had a, we went back and forth on Twitter in the leaks and the weeks leading up to the 5k. I didn't train at all, and I was like, ah, Dennis, I'm going to beat you. It's going to be so easy. So it uh, gets around the time to start, uh, take off, run. Uh, I'm, I'm running up near the front, nice little steady pace. All of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm tired. And made it about a mile in and had to basically just like walk and slightly jog the rest of the way. I was freaking gassed. And I was uh, running through the tunnel. Uh, there's not the uh, – not the actual tunnel, but there's a tunnel going to the uh, back uh, RV lot. And uh, I'm sitting there running or slightly jogging. All of a sudden, Dennis Bickmeyer and his son just come cruising by me. And I knew right then I was done. 
So uh, I think the the bet the, the whoever lost had to be a janitor for a day at Richmond Raceway during Raceway or race weekend. So I did my duties and I picked up a couple things of trash and recorded it and tweeted out to him as I was leaving. But Dennis Bickmeyer, everyone at Richmond Raceway, they do a fantastic job of in engaging fans. Uh, they are the uh, creme de la creme when it comes to uh, fan interaction in NASCAR. But uh, before this turns into the uh, Dennis Bigmeyer show, let's go ahead and jump into retweet or mute. Josh, you, uh, you've you got the takes this week, so let, let's get them rolling. I hate to interrupt, but I should just thought I should mention this real quick. This is some breaking news. Um, quite shocking, and honestly, I'm very saddened. Um, Fud Ruckers, the restaurant, has filed for bankruptcy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who eats at Fuddruckers? I've been there once, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. No, dude, Fuddruckers is a poor man's Freddy's. I don't even know what Freddy's <laughs> is. It's, it's another Smashburger place. Yeah, Fuddruckers, wow. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you change your logo, logo and get away from your roots. But uh, hey. only, if only, if only uh, Crystal would join them in the bankruptcy train. <laughs> I was not expecting Fuddruckers to make an appearance on this I show. I thought we were going to have something NASCAR-related, but let's get back on track with some NASCAR-related stuff. I got retweeted. Yeah, like Steve Phelps had died or something, and he <laughs> dropped at Fuddruckers and declared bankruptcy. This oh, thing, my this goodness. And Trevor the Cat has used his ninth life. <laughs> no, no, not Trevor. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right uh, retweet or mute. So, I got the first one. Uh, Fud Ruckers is good. Retweet or mute? Retweet. Mute. <laughs> All right. Number one, we will see six or more winners in the playoffs this year. Mute. It's, it's. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Maybe maybe four or five. But I think that Ke- as much as I would love to see six different winners, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamler are going to continue to dominate. I think both of them are going to win about 50% of the races. Uh, however, not not the one in Phoenix. That is uh, that is Chase Elliott's race. He's going to win it, win the championship. But, uh, yeah, that's a mute for me. Yeah, exactly what Henry said. Um, between Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, it's going to be hard um, for other guys to contend. Um, we might see Truex possibly win in Richmond, maybe somewhere else, Chase Elliott probably going to win at the Roval. So other than those four guys, um, that's probably going to be the most of what we see winning races. All right. Uh, Most of us, I think all three of us, uh, didn't pick Austin Dillon to make the round of 12 before the playoffs. He goes out to Darlington, has a second-place performance. Hot take number two, Austin Dillon makes the round of 12. I don't know. I'm going to say mute just because I do not I, – I don't second-guess myself. Mute, he's not making it out. Sorry, Austin Dillon. You're a great driver, though. Um, and so- and Kurt Busch is making it to the Final Four, apparently. That, too. <laughs> I'm going to say retweet. Um, I think he's going to have a top ten at Richmond, and I think he's going to run well enough, and other people are going to have bad days at Bristol, which will um, propel him into the round of 12. All right, interesting, interesting. Number three, we will see a new manufacturer when the next-gen car is released in 2022. Dude, that's a recycled hot take. I already mentioned that one. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I saw a tweet about the other day with uh, like possibly like BMW and stuff. Shoot, so we're going to skip yeah, that I, one. I just, yeah, that here, here in my that. notes right here uh, – with the next, with the new uh, gen, oh, where's that? Oh, uh, with the next gen car making its uh, debut in twenty twenty one, we will see one or more uh, new manufacturers enter the sport. Pretty well, sure you guys both said retweet. So we're only gonna have uh, three retweet or mute. Uh, oh, we had we had four. We had the Fuddruckers one. Okay, true. So that you that basically just pulled one. a massive Adam Thomas. I did. <laughs> I should be ashamed. But uh, hot take number four, Matt DiBenedetto will find victory lane before the end of season. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Jay. I don't think he has the speed. Um, and 
if it were to happen, it'd probably be at Bristol or Talladega. But um, I don't know. He hasn't really, as much as I'd like to see him win, he hasn't really uh, given me the confidence to believe in him that he can get it done. Yeah, I agree with Jay. I mean, Bristol's his best shot at making it. And I, I just don't see him winning at Bristol or getting lucky at Talladega. So it's going to be a mute for me, dog. All right. That's all I got for you. Is that it? All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Retweeter and Mute, or Retweeter Mute's Hot Takes Stealer. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, Over Under for this week. Jay, you were gone last week. Uh, Adam failed you once again. Yeah. You gave, uh, gave Josh his second Over Under win, but you're still undefeated when it's both of y'all playing against each other. But uh, see if we can, uh, Josh can uh, put some momentum together, or if Jay's just going to wipe the floor with him once again. Oh, it's, it's my time tonight. Well, it should be because it's a uh, retweet or mute. The uh, the category today is Richmond Raceway. Remind me to call out Adam on Twitter again after we're done. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, over under number one, the Richmond International Raceway logo had over or under three different colors. Under. Over. Correct answer is over. They had four. Let's do it. Red, white, blue, gray, and black. Racing perfection. That was like one of my favorite mm. logos. That, that still is my favorite logo. I, w- I was hoping they'd bring it back for throwback weekend. But yeah. guess not. Uh, all right, uh, Josh, you got a one uh, lead. Uh, over under number two, Richmond Raceway reimagined totaled over or under forty million dollars. Under. Those are both correct. Thirty million was the uh, price tag on the uh, Richmond Raceway reimagined uh, in, or, uh, renovation. That's the word. All right, one uh, zero still. Josh has the lead. Number three, Richard Petty holds a record for most laps led. Does he have over or under 20,000 laps led? Under. Under. Is over. Wow. Forgot to put down the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's like 24,000 laps. 20,000 is insane. Not even like yeah. 24,000. Just at Richmond. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah, no, he, he's a freaking maniac. What's that, like 60 right. races at 400 laps length right now? Yeah. Wow. There, I mean, they, they probably had more than – I don't know if they had just two races back in the day. Yeah, I'm sure it was way more. Yeah. All right, uh, next over-under. The banking in turns uh, – or be- the banking in the turns at Richmond Raceway is over or under seven degrees? Over. Over, over is the correct answer. Eight degrees. Uh, the final over-under for the night uh, – Just to make things interesting, uh, you guys cannot pick the same one. Right. So, Josh, you, uh, you have a chance to put it put it away. It's just going to be uh, whether who answers correct or who answers first, I guess. Uh, final one, the fastest race lap at Richmond Raceway was over or under 15.5 seconds. Over. Jay? I guess Jay chooses under. I have to. Correct answer is under. That must have been on the old track. I wasn't even No, 2005, Sam Hornis Jr. ran a (laughs) 15.3197. How? In a a NASCAR? Oh, (laughs) God. Ah. (laughs) Oh, man, we're heading to over, under, overtime. That's a mouthful right there. I love it. (laughs) God, I wasn't even thinking IndyCar race there. The uh, the wow oh, the over under overtime. Try saying that five times fast. Over under overtime. 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 That's impressive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. I have good articulation. It's all in the tongue. <laughs> he's got the he's got the tongue of Trevor the cat, always licking. I have exercised it by eating burgers at Fuddruckers. 
And Fuddruckers, the uh, the official workout of the Behind the Wall Media podcast. Get your Fuddrucker burger while you can. Because they are going out of business. All right, uh, final over-under overtime. Or final over-under for the over-under. Goodness gracious. The final over-under for the over-under overtime. How about that? Oh, I do want to say it was actually 14 degrees banking in return, but I, I put down the front stretch. My bad. All right. Uh, final over/under question for the over/under overtime. Uh, the uh, the LED screen in the infield at Richmond Raceway measures over or under 40 feet wide. Over. Jay, congrats. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, You choked sir. your win streak. Josh is the winner this week. 38 feet what? wide, 24 feet high. Let's go. <laughs> what? See, this is what happened. You you, you got off topic with Fuddruckers. Your mind was out of the game. You got to stay in it. You, you played yourself. Do you feel stupid? I don't know what to say. Do you feel do you feel like Adam Thomas? I do. I feel like I just got bonked. <laughs> got bonked with a FUD Rutgers burger. Let's go ahead and uh, head into uh, hot takes and uh, dark horses presented by FUD Rutgers. Uh bankrupt since twenty twenty. Uh we'll start with the over under champion for this week, Joshua Slate. What you got for us? I like that title. I hope to keep it over the next few weeks. Dark Horse, I'm going to go, shoot. I think Mads Benedetto would classify as a uh, Dark Horse. I'm going to say him, he's pretty good at the short track, so I think he's going to have a solid top 10 week and maybe be battling into the top five later in the race. But hot take, this is tough because, uh, I don't know, we didn't get a Richmond race early in the year, so it's hard to see what kind of trends we're going to have, but the past couple of years, it's been uh, pretty calm, so I think we're going to see a, another calm race, but I think we're going to see the most green flag passes in a Richmond race since uh, like 2015. Okay, well, um, I'm really excited for the race. Um, good short track, aero package at Richmond, so I'm Hoping we're like Josh said, we're going to see a lot of passing. My dark horse this seat uh, this week is going to be Eric Almarola. I don't know if he's really a dark horse, but um, I just like him a lot because I remember it was a few years back um, when Richmond was the last race before the playoffs. When he was in the Richard Petty car, he made an amazing run um, trying to get sneak into the chase, and he came up just short. But he drove the wheels off that car and that equipment and I think um, this is going to be the week when he gets it done I call him I kind of consider him a dark horse because he you know when you compare him to Hamlin and Harvick um, he's he's not necessarily a title contender but I think um, he can get it done this week um, as far as a hot take goes um, you know I think um, I think my hot take for this and as much as I hate to say it, I think Richmond will lose uh, an event for next year. Um, I think they'll keep the playoffs and they will reallocate the spring race to something else, which it really pains me to say, but um, I just think that now that they've seen that they can get away with only running one race a year, that they might try and use the events slot for some other track or something like that because they haven't come out determine a new schedule and there's places like nashville um and other stuff and they might want to i've heard talk that them since darlington was so successful this year they might run two races at darlington so that's my hot take wow uh that that was depressing I don't see them actually doing that just because they, they are there is a push for more short tracks on the schedule. Uh, I still see two races at Richmond for the time being, but uh, yeah, that was pretty somber. Um, all right, my hot take. I uh, promised on Twitter that was going to be my hottest take yet. 
uh, it's in regards to Joe Gibbs racing, but uh, basically each Joe Gibbs driver will finish in a different slot of 10 drivers. So we're going to have one in the uh, first to 10th, that area, another one in uh, 20 to, or 10 to 20, another one from uh, 20 to 30, and we're going to have someone finish last. Yeah, or not finish last, 30 to 40. Hmm. So there it is. So we're, we'll see if uh, that pans out. If, if, if it is, I'm going to buy myself a uh, a throne. We call it the hot take throne. Uh, dark horse though. Um, Austin Dillon. I, I'm, I'm fired up about him. Runs well at Richmond, as I've said. I think he's going to get it done this weekend. Uh, hopefully, I'm correct. I'd love to see him win and prove me wrong uh, with the playoffs, so he can move on to the next round and make it interesting. Get another Chevy in the mix. Yeah, that's my hot take for this weekend. Make sure y'all tune in to all the action this weekend at Richmond Raceway. Uh, also, make sure you check out our uh, the Behind the Wall Media 200 at Darlington uh, this Monday night on Flat Out Racing. Did I do it right? Yeah, Flat Out Racing Network. Let's go. Yeah, make sure you uh, check us out there. Uh, if you don't already follow us on social media, make sure you do that. Check out our website, BehindTheWallMedia.com, and uh, we'll see you next week.